You are listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with faith leaders and academics to explore deep questions of meaning. Questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as, why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome back to our show, Victor Nelson, former Lutheran pastor who transitioned from parish ministry into pastoral counselling and marriage and family therapy. And now mostly retired, Vic continues to provide supervision for therapists and limited consulting services. Victor, welcome back to our show. Rabbi Neil, it's great to be back. And I'm just thrilled that you've got such momentum going with your show. Thank you. Well, we're, we're trying to think about what happens for our 100th show. We're not sure yet. Not yeah. sure. So let, let's talk about hospitality. What is hospitality and, and how did you get interested in it? As a parish pastor in my first three churches that I served, people in the church would say, oh, we're really a welcoming church. We're really hospitable. And that was sort of my understanding of hospitality was just being welcoming, right? Then in 1986, when I was doing a two-year pastoral counseling residency, I started thinking more about the dynamics in family therapy. And frankly, I was a little frustrated with my conservative evangelical Christian brothers and sisters that their use of scripture gave a really culturally limited and proscriptive uh, lens to the roles that husbands and wives played in families. And many of my clients, as I was moving into pastoral counseling, were exactly these uh, conservative evangelical Christians. So I started really looking at, is there a different scriptural model that we can refer to that would have a broader application for working with families and the quality of family life? And then coincidentally, about that time, I read a book by Thomas Ogletree called Hospitality to the Stranger. And he really looked in depth at the story of Abraham and Sarah in the book of Genesis and the practice of hospitality that was modeled there. So I began looking at um, hospitality as a lens for doing my marriage and family therapy work because true practice of hospitality went way beyond just welcoming someone. So what is it that you've learned from that Genesis passage? When, oh. when the three, I mean, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a half hour show, so you're, you're limited in what you can do. <laughs> right. but, um, but in that passage where the three divine messengers yeah. Or God, perhaps, depending on yes, how you read it, exactly. right. visit Abraham, who is only, who's still, according to Jewish commentary, still recovering from his circumcision. 
Uh, yeah. He runs out to them despite that. Um, yeah. But that's more a Jewish uh, midrash, yeah. a Jewish reading. What do you get from, from that passage that informs your work? This is very interesting because Ogletree laid this out um, not quite in as complete way that I'm thinking about it. But he said the first thing that Abraham did, he ran out and knelt down. So just the act of kneeling, as I learned about this, exposes the back of the neck in the most vulnerable position we can be in. So he was saying, you are going to be safe here. So just that initial running out to greet them, he welcomed them and then exercised the second element of hospitality, safety. Then Sarah put some dinner on. Right. We nurture the guests. So the third element of the hospitality was the nurturing. And then as we read farther into that story, when they have finished their meal, Abraham walks with them on their way. And I'm imagining he's saying things like, you can continue heading southwest here, but um, don't go as far as that oasis because those people aren't as, he's giving them something for their journey. Right. And I like to think that Sarah was sort of like my grandmother where she's gonna pack up some food for them to take on their journey. So the idea in hospitality um, that I have added to Ogletree's construct is that he is equipping them for the next leg of their journey. And then typically there's a farewell, God be with you blessing. But in this story, it's a one of those wonderful divine reversals where Abraham and Sarah are the ones getting blessed rather than doing the blessing. So what I've taken from that one scripture passage are all five elements of hospitality, where it's the welcome, the assurance of safety, the nurturing, feeding, but also other kinds of nurturing, equipping for the next leg of the journey, and then the blessing. I find that it's a fascinating way to, to look at it, particularly in the fact that they're the ones who get the blessing. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I hear it reflected back from you, knowing how your work with families is surely nuanced, there's a very gendered dynamic here in this story, isn't there? In, in this Genesis 18 story where Abraham turns to Sarah and says, Go put the food on. Right, get the food on. <laughs> yeah. What do we do? What do you do with the gendered aspect of this text in a contemporary society where families are not always constructed in that right. patriarchal way? What I like about this story and thinking about hospitality this way for families is it actually removes us from looking at gender stereotypes that have tended to be used in that conservative evangelical tradition. Men are the head of the house. Women aren't supposed to speak. You know, you discipline your children because this is what scripture says. Instead, how can a family welcome its members? How can a family provide 
safety to all of its members? How do we nurture all of our members? So we take the Sarah get the food on and we think more in terms of how do we nurture the feeding of the people in our family as they grow, as they develop, as they move on. So what you're talking about, you've transitioned to something extraordinary. What you're talking about is not hospitality to the visitor, to the guest, although that's obviously an important social dynamic. You're talking about in every relationship that we have to foster a sense of hospitality and to follow the idea of welcoming, safety, you know, equipping and blessing. You're talking about in family dynamics. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I I certainly have applied this in families. So I've asked families, do you have any practice about keeping people safe, how people can be safe? Have you taught your children how to dial 911? Have you taught basic first aid to your children? Um, When you have arguments, can you keep the atmosphere of safety without resorting to corporal punishment? You know, I worked a lot with violent offenders, uh, Rabbi, and in those families where we had violent men, they'd gotten arrested, they were referred by the courts. The issue was how can you be upset and still keep your family, your spouse, your partner safe, you know, in the face of your anger or whatever. So you're exactly right. And I really appreciate your insight here that this is more about uh, not the stranger, welcoming the stranger, but how we practice this hospitality with all of our family members. I think this is, this is an extraordinary way to, to review family dynamics. Um, say, say again the five, because I, okay. think, I think it's really so, important for those yeah. who are listening to really capture the five now that we've moved from almost welcoming the divine stranger uh, in the camp now reflecting back on how would this work in my relationship before we take our break just just read us back or share us back the five for us to consider in our own personal relationships okay so first of all we welcome we welcome that newcomer or the family member we assure them that they're going to be safe while they are with us. Then we nurture them. We're going to feed them physically or feed their spirit, feed their soul, feed their development. We're going to equip them for the next stage of their journey. And then we're going to bless them. Yeah. I think this is extraordinary. This is a it feels like a revolutionary way to look at family dynamics. Um, I, yeah. I, this is quite extraordinary. What, what we should do is, hey. because I, ha- I have so many questions. Let's, no, no, take, let's take a break <laughs> and then let's come back and explore what these things might mean in our, in not just family dynamics, but in all our relationships that we have. Absolutely. So we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich, my guest for this evening, Victor Nelson, the former Lutheran pastor and now marriage and family therapist. And we'll be back in a moment.
You're listening to KSFR, uh, Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich, my guest for this evening, uh, Victor Nelson, former Lutheran pastor uh, who transitioned from parish ministry into pastoral counseling and marriage and family therapy. And Vic has been sharing this extraordinary idea of hospitality, not just as we might expect hospitality for guests, but hospitality in all of our relationships, particularly taking from the narrative of Abraham in Genesis 18 and, and taking it down into five core elements, welcome, assurance of safety, nurture, equipping and blessing. Yes. So, so with these elements in every relationship that we have, I guess maybe the first challenge is in a pre-existing relationship, what does it mean to welcome? Because welcoming yeah. a stranger is that that opening of the relationship. But if there is a pre-existing relationship, how do you, what do you intend? What do you mean by welcoming? Let me share a story from my high school days. When I was in high school, I read a single bar short column in a magazine that might've been Life magazine or Look magazine, something like that. A psychologist had written a short article about children who were acting out when they came home from school. He concluded that that was because they were hungry and that mom, because back then, most moms were not in the workforce. They were home nurturing children and family. Moms should give the kids a snack because they were hungry and that would settle them down. I had no idea I was gonna go into ministry or therapy when I was in high school. But for whatever reason, that little article stuck with me. And when I started thinking about hospitality and the notion of welcoming, I actually gave this homework assignment to parents. Are your kids sort of wired when they come home from school? Take three minutes, take five minutes to engage your kids, welcome them back. When kids leave home, they're anxious, especially the younger children. Will my family still want me? You know, will they be there when I get home? Will everybody be safe? When they get home, yes, they may be wired. When parents take just that few minutes to say, I am so glad to see you. How was your day? Mm. Tell me what the high point was. That's the welcoming. And what I noticed in my family therapy when parents did this, the kids calmed down and then they went about their activities. They didn't necessarily need the snack after school to calm them down, but it was the daily welcome. I'm so glad to see you. Tell me about your day. Yeah. And this doesn't have to be kids, does it? What you're talking about exactly. is, is seeing people, right. yeah. seeing your partner, yeah. you know, when they come home, stopping and deliberately seeing them and checking in on them. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, but, it, but it doesn't, maybe it doesn't even have to be when they're coming home. And I, I'm new to this. I'm new to your scheme. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm applying it as I hear it. But yeah. as you enter a room with your partner, you know, yeah. instead of that grunt of, uh, oh, you're, you're here, yeah, good. Right, yeah. You know, actually, <laughs> I wonder if there's that welcoming of, of every moment that we have with the people we love needs to express that moment of welcoming and beautiful and presence. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Now, similarly, in my family therapy, 
children who had a hard time waking up in the morning, especially those, you know, teenagers that don't want to get out of bed, right? If parents go in, sit on the side of the bed. Oh, it's so good to see you today. I'm so excited about what our day might be like. Um, I just am so glad you had a good night's rest. Again, it's a welcome. They're already in the house. They're in their bed. But it's welcome to a new day. Welcome to another element, you know, of our relationship together. So the welcoming, when, like you say, whenever you come into a room, uh, especially with the parenting, that can be so strong. I, I, this is this is wonderful, Vic. I, it makes me think, you know, last month was Pride Month as well, and I wonder if there's also mm. an aspect of welcoming, which leads to the safety aspect, welcoming your children, welcoming your partner, welcoming whoever it is you're in relationship for who they are. You know, when Abraham welcomes these guests, he doesn't make them fit into his model. He sees who they are. And so I, I wonder if there's not just that welcoming of joy of being with them, but, but seeing someone and then being able to say, and now you're safe. Wow, you you show such insight here. In the Afri- one African practice, um, the term in Swahili is kairibu. It means welcome, kairibu. But the the um, etymology of that word, come into my home, so I may learn what is on your heart. So exactly what you're saying that. You know, for the um, people who are different, different cultures, different lifestyles, different political persuasions, come into my home so I can learn what is on your heart. That's the welcome. You know, Um, and uh, yeah, it's so rich to be thinking in terms of an active practice of hospitality that's really a holistic practice of hospitality. I like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so bowled over by this thing. Um, <laughs> the, the idea of, of seeing and the assurance of safety has to come before nurturing um, because you can only help nurture someone or you can only equip them on their journey once you've seen them, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean for us? I mean, it's interesting. You shared at the beginning about almost a frustration of some faith community yeah. in terms of yeah. their hospitality. I'm, I'm overjoyed. I will share Temple Beth Shalom's new logo, new catchphrase is come as you are, which is, uh, which is exactly that seeing and that welcome. Yep, but, yep. but it takes a lot of faith communities have, have a different understanding of welcoming and hospitality. What do you think faith communities that you have experienced, what do you think they've missed in their own practice? What do you think oh my gosh. faith yeah. communities need to, to really show this hospitality? How do, how do you do it? I mean, it's one thing on a family level, but let's take it institutionally. Let's take it faith. Exactly. What do, what do they need to do? Because that's, that's a different level. And that's really where, as I transitioned in my ministry, I served a couple of other parishes part-time, while I was doing pastoral counseling and family therapy, that 
people would say, oh, yeah, we're really welcoming. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, when people come, we're friendly, we shake hands. Good. That's a start. It's a good start. But are you nurturing people on their journey? Are you equipping them? So where I think churches fall down is they, they try to get the welcoming right. They may even get the blessing right. But what comes between is so rich. How do we nurture people on their spiritual journey? How do we equip them for their spiritual journey, their life journey? And um, I was talking with a colleague recently, and I said, you know, if I were still in parish ministry, I would be teaching and preaching more about our spiritual journey, how we nurture that, and then how we are equipping ourselves for that journey. I think churches have not done that so well, at least in my tradition. You know, it's fascinating. Now I'm reflecting back on my, you know, I've been a rabbi 16 years. How often was I or was my community being welcoming? And how often was it actually just letting people in the door? And shaking hands yeah. because because that's not really welcoming, is it? No. If no. You, if you're if you're looking for as we call them Jews in the pews, if you're looking yeah. for bums on seats, that's not really welcoming, is it? That's not seeing people as yeah. they are. And you know that's basic decent behaviour when somebody walks into your community to shake their hand. Right. That's not really being welcoming, is it? <laughs> it's the start, but it's sort of like can we practice kairibu? Come into my congregation. Come into my synagogue so I may know what's on your heart. That's what we're not doing, you know. I wonder, there's, there's another aspect here, which, which you, your, your, your scheme, I, I can't think of what your, your framework sets up for me, which is, of course, during COVID, and you, you were last on the show before COVID hit. Right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the assurance of safety yeah. now means something else in a communal context, doesn't it? The assurance oh that gosh, I'm yeah. not going to catch something potentially deadly from someone else in the community. Right. Suddenly, we there's a different level of safety and unsafety, isn't yeah. it? Oh, and, and it just boggles my mind that so many of our brothers and sisters in a different political or religious tradition, forego that practice of safety. How do you call yourselves people of God and not protect your sisters and brothers in the midst of this horrendous crisis? We're still losing 10,000 people a month. It's not in the news anymore. But how do we protect not just ourselves, but how do we protect our neighbors who, in that wonderful biblical tradition, we could be entertaining as angels unaware? Yeah. I, I find this fascinating because, because maybe for so long we were looking at nurturing and equipping and blessing and, and, and assumed safety. Almost. Oh my gosh, and, when I, yeah. and when I say assume safety, I understand that comes from my position of privilege as a cis white man. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. But 
but sometimes that safety aspect, um, the fear of what a community will say as well now, I, I feel like that needs to be a core aspect of community life now, even just that second step before we can even get to nurturing and equipping and blessing. Exactly. Because if we're going to be vulnerable, my daughter's a great example. She came out as lesbian shortly after she graduated high school. She's now in her mid-40s. She cannot tolerate stand, stepping inside a church for fear of the judgment, for the attitudes, you know, the condemnation. Um, and so many of our gay, lesbian, trans, bisexual friends, um, they don't have that safety, that assurance. I had a, a student at Southwestern College who was African-American, and she got testy in a class when we were talking about a related issue, and she said, none of you grew up where you had to walk down the street and you weren't sure if you were going to be shot on the way to school. And she's right. right. From white privilege, I never had to worry about that. How do we assure people in our congregations that they're not going to be judged, condemned, um, somehow rejected because of their orientation, their beliefs, their political persuasion? That's all part of the safety. You're exactly right, Rabbi Neil. And I wonder now, hearing you say that, are the, are the three divine messengers who visit Abraham he doesn't know if they have a tent or not. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't know if they are safe. <laughs> right. He has the luxury. He has the privilege of the tent and the food. Yeah. I, I find this fascinating just because, if nothing else, it challenges us. You know, when you were talking about family dynamics and, and people uh, with, you know, violent offenders and so on. But, but it's, it's more than that. Safety yeah. Isn't just yeah. isn't just fear of violence, although that's a you know safety against violence is very important. Yeah. But there's so much more in community life. I, I find this this whole framework that you set up extraordinary. Um, in our we have one minute left. What's the one? Okay. Message, what's the one message that you want to send to those who are listening in terms of hospitality moving forward? I think. It is very difficult for us to bless someone if we haven't truly and fully welcomed them. That would be my message. You know, I, I feel like you are the angel who has visited this show. <laughs> um, I just, I'm, I'm so moved by what you've shared today. And I, I, I will apply this in my personal and professional life, and I hope others listening are able to do so as well. I think this is an extraordinary way to, to view relationships. So thank you. So thank you to Victor Nelson, former Lutheran pastor and now marriage and seemingly extraordinary family therapist. <laughs> You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks time, keep searching.